Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Over, And at the end of the service, we have each group represented up here on the stage. And we need you to sign up for whatever group you want to be part of. You can be part of multiple groups. You can just be part of one group. Whatever you want to do, it's going to be strictly up to you. So we're going to give you the opportunity at the end of the service to sign up for whatever group that you want to be part of, okay? So at this time, our kids are going to be dismissed with Miss Teresa, and they're going to head out for their service this morning. If you guys are still want to have a Coke or popcorn, please help yourself, make yourself at home today. But I want to share a, a message that... Um, that I hope will just hit home today in your spirit. Our kids are going, or our teenagers are going to stay in with us this morning, and um, I'm excited about today. Anybody excited? All right, two people. How many guys are excited this morning? Well, three three reasons why I'm excited. Number one, because it's Sunday and I get to be here with you guys. Number two is that we're kicking off our small groups, and number three. It's football season's already started, so come on. We're excited. We're glad that you are here this morning. So um, my heart is, I want to share with you this morning something that God just laid on my spirit this week, and I want you to know something about our church, and I hope that, um, that we're able to build this, and this is my prayer, that we're able to build what I feel in my spirit that God's called us to, to build here at the church. And what I'm looking for, what, what I feel like God's looking from us is this. Is an atmosphere of community and family. It's an atmosphere of community and family. You see, in our mission statement, it says this. It says, here at Legacy Church, our goal is to provide an atmosphere of this one word, and that's belong. We want every person that comes into this building to feel like they belong. Why? Because when you feel like you belong, when you're, when you're able to kind of break the ice in people's lives, then we know that then God will begin to do a work in their heart where they can believe in God and what God, who God is and what God has for them. And then we want them to understand who God has called them to become. So we want them to understand that they belong. We want them to make sure that they believe in what we know is truth. And there's only one way and one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And we want them to become who God's called them to be. Say it with me. Belong, believe, and become. That's our mission statement is we want people to belong, we want to, people to believe, and we want people to, uh, to become what God's called them to be. You see, Jesus didn't just invite the disciples to be involved uh, just with him momentarily. But he wanted to be invited and to be part of everything that they did. He built an atmosphere where he made his disciples, listen to me, he built an atmosphere where he made his disciples feel like they belonged. He made them feel like they were part of the team. He made them feel like they had worth. He made them feel like and helped them to understand that they had a calling on their life. He didn't just invite them to be part of his small group. Understand that Jesus had a small group. The, first, the very first small group was Jesus and his disciples. 
But he invited them to be part of the small group. Why? Because he wanted them to feel like they belonged. Then he wanted them to understand and to believe in who he was and what he came to do. But he also wanted to send them out and make them become who God had called them to be. Jesus had the very small, first small group. And so Jesus built an atmosphere of family. He built an atmosphere of community. He built an atmosphere where he made his disciples feel like they belonged part of it. That they, they didn't just come to the small group, but they were involved in the small group. And there's a big difference in just coming and getting involved. You see, sometimes church, people come to church. I understand that. But God is calling us for more than just coming to church. He's calling us to get involved. Involved in what God is wanting to do, not only here in this church, but what is God wanting to do in your life? Because that's the, that's the, the big thing that, that I'm wanting for you to understand today is this. What does God want from you and where, what is God wanting to do in your life and through your life? He didn't just spend time with his disciples he communicated with them, with one another. And here's another thing. This is what he did. He broke bread together. He communicated. He hung out with them, but he broke bread together. And that's what we are asking. That's what we're wanting here in our church is this. We want to have a sense of communion together. There was a time, listen, there was a time in our society where the most important thing of the day was the family meal together. Guys, you remember that time when there was no such thing as cell phones, where there was no such thing as computers, when there was no such thing as all the technology. I love technology, but also I don't like it sometimes because it pulls away from what? Family and communication. I understand it. It's part of our society. We need to utilize it the best that we can, but it doesn't need to take part of our place of our communication. There was a time where we sat down around the table as a family and we shared a meal together. How many of you guys have ever watched the, the, the TV episode called Blue Bloods? I, what I love about that show is there's a sense of family. Every Sunday, they come together for a family meal, no matter what's going on. Every Sunday, they sit down together, and they build relationships, they build community, and they break bread together. Guys, we're missing that in our world today. That's what we're needing in our church is, is a sense of community, a sense of where we can sit down together and build relationships with one another, to break bread with one another, but not only that, but to pray for each other. Why? Because that's what Jesus modeled in the very first uh, church and, and, and what he was trying to get everyone to do. There was a time where we had an intimate time together, that we sat down and we talked about each other's day. We talked about what happened at school. We talked about what happened at work. We, we broke bread together. We communicated together. And we're missing that to, today in our world. Everybody is busy. I understand that. We have busy schedules. We have work. We have sports. We have all of those things. But can I tell you this? It should never replace the time that we hang out together. A time of communication. A time of being together with one another. You see, there was a moment where they would never forget. It was a moment where their lives were impacted forever. That's what Jesus wanted with his disciples. He wanted to model that in front of them. He wanted to teach them the importance of fellowship. He wanted to teach them the importance of breaking bread together. Why? Because one day they were going to establish the early church 
where these things were going to be part of it. You see, Jesus came, guys. Jesus came so that we may have life. So that we may have life and life to the full. He, Jesus didn't come for the righteous, but he came for the sinners. Jesus came to give life or his life for a ransom for many people. Jesus didn't come to be served, but Jesus came to serve others. Jesus came to have communion. He came to have fellowship. He came to break bread with us. In other words, Jesus came for a relationship with you and I. Not a religion, but a relationship. And so what God's asking us today and saying to us is this, is that we're better together. That we're not any good when we're separated. That we're not any good when we're all by ourselves. But we're better together. To do life together. To build community. To have fellowship. To do those things that God's called us to do. Why? Because the purpose was to have deep fellowship with one another. You see, it, on, sometimes on Sundays we have communion here at the church. And what takes place during that communion is this. Is that as you're taking in communion, your memory is jarred back to the time where Jesus was crucified. And you remember what took place on that day through that communion. And what God is asking us is this. When you build communion, when you build family, when you build relationship with one another, what happens when you do that, it jars a memory of who God is and what God's called you to do in our life. So understand this morning that God has called us to be better together. So in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, it says this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Then it says that to breaking bread and to prayer. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then it says, and the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. That's the church. That's what God has called us to do. When you look at this scripture, you will see and understand why the early church was successful. Read the scripture, look through the scripture, study the scripture. Why? Because God, this is what God has called us to do or to become. The New Testament believers devoted themselves to the local church, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. That's why the early church grew. Do you understand that this morning? That's why God added to the church every single day because those four things happened in the church. What are we missing in our churches today? We're missing something. Why? Because God is wanting to add to the number to the church every single day, but somewhere along the way the church has to do their part so that the numbers can be added to the church. Four things that they were involved with. you got to understand something. That they were a team. God called them together as a team. You think about your football team. You think about your basketball team. They all play together for one goal. And that is to win the game. To hopefully win a championship. But you got to understand something about team. When you have a team, everybody plays their part. Everybody does what they've been called to do. There's not one person that sticks out that's the best. 
But they're all together on the same team, working for the same thing, striving for the same goal. That's what a team does. They believe in the process. The coach tells them over and over again about the process. So when you believe in the process and you come together as a team and you buy into what's happening, then, you, then things begin to happen that you've never seen happen before. There was a team. You know what the, te- the acronym for team is? Everyone achieves, together everyone achieves more. Together everyone achieves more. Nowhere in team does it say one person. But when everybody comes together, when the whole church comes together and pulls their part and does what God's called them to do, together everyone achieves more. Guys, I want, the, I want Legacy Church to be the greatest church uh, in this community. Why? Because we're a team being led by God. Worrying about what's going on in other people's lives, not just ourselves. Building fellowship, breaking bread together, and praying with one another. Together, everyone achieves more. They were there for the same thing. You look in Acts, and when they were together in the upper room, the Bible says that they were together with one mind and one accord. They wanted the same thing. They wanted a move of God in their life. They wanted to be what God had called them to be in their life. So they waited on the Holy Spirit to move in their life so that they could go out into the community and build fellowship and break bread with other people and to pray for other people so that God could add to the kingdom every single day. A team aspect. Everybody together achieves more. They devoted themselves to a greater cause than themselves. They devoted themselves to a greater call than themselves. You see, you have to understand something about this group. They were from different places. They didn't all come from the same place. So when you come from different places, you have different things that you have to deal with. You have different attitudes. You have different things that's going on in their life. But what happened when they come together is they put their differences aside because they wanted the same thing. They wanted to move of God in their life so that they could go out and build what God had called them to, do, to build. So together, real quickly, I want to give you four things that stood out to me about this scripture. Number one, or A, however you want to put it up there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 13, it says this. It says, until I come, devote yourselves to public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Devote yourself. Listen to me. Now, you're here today. We're glad that you're here. Devote yourselves to the church. Devote yourselves to God. Because when you devote yourselves to God, then God can do what God wants to through your life. God's looking, listen, God's looking for complete devotion from us. From each and every one of us, not just the pastor, not just the youth pastor, not just the worship leader or the kids' church pastor or whatever. God's looking for complete devotion through, from, from everybody. Why? Because we want the same thing. We want the same thing. We want to see souls saved. We want to be used by God and, and for God to accomplish what God has done in our lives. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching every single day. Listen, they relied on the apostles to communicate to them who Jesus was and what Jesus had done. They trusted in Jesus, not what they wanted in their life. They trusted in Jesus, not necessarily what they wanted, but what God had for them in their life. 
You see, the apostles were not to steer away from God's word, but they were to preach the truth and to share the good news. That's what the apostles were called to do, was to preach the truth and to share the good news. Not what they felt like they needed to share, but they needed to share the word of God. Why? Because when you share the word of God, there's truth which brings deliverance into our life. They were called to be devoted to the teaching and the reading of Scripture. Are you devoted in your life to your devotion to God? Do we have a devotion every single day? Are we devoted to what God has called us to do in our life and be in our life? So they devoted themselves to the apostle teachings. Number two, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Look at your neighbor and say fellowship. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 19 says this. It says singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in their hearts. Fellowship. They came together for fellowship and to worship with one another. Because there's something that happens when there's corporate worship that comes together. Now listen, when you're all by yourself or in in your prayer time, you have worship and devotion by yourself. I understand that. But when you come together corporately and you begin to praise God, the same God, and everybody's looking for the same thing, man, man, things begin to happen. There's fellowship in that, and that's what God has called us to do. You see, the Greek word for fellowship is koinonia, which means to share in something. We're here on, on Sunday mornings to share with one another in worship. They devoted themselves in fellowship. The Christian life, listen, the Christian life is meant to be full of fellowship and to share with one another. We share the same Jesus. We share the same God in our life, which is the Bible. We share the same love for God. We share the same desire to worship Him. We share the same struggles. We share in the same victories. We share the same job for living, with, living for Him. And we share the same joy of communicating the gospel. There are things that we all share together. We share in our struggles. We share in our victories. We share in different things in our life. Why? Because we have fellowship with one another. That when I succeed in my life, there's people that are around me that are, ex- that are excited and happy. Why? Because I'm succeeding. When you succeed in your life, when things happen in your life that's incredible, I should be happy because you're succeeding. I shouldn't be jealous I shouldn't be mad. I shouldn't be upset. And if I'm upset and I'm, and I'm mad and I'm, and, and I'm jealous of what's happening in your life, I, I can't blame you. I have to blame me and say, well, God, why are things not happening in my life? What am I not doing, God, that I can share and I can see a move of God in other people's lives that I don't have for myself? Because usually the problem is you and I. But we should never be jealous at somebody else succeeding in the kingdom of God. And if we are, we have the wrong spirit. We have the wrong spirit if we're jealous. We have the wrong spirit if the church down the street is doing wonderful and having revival. If we're jealous of that, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Why is revival not happening here? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Why is there not a move of God happening in our life? We have to ask ourselves. So God has called us to have fellowship together. The third thing is this. They devoted themselves to breaking bread. Luke chapter 24, verses 30 says this. It says, When he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, and he began to give it to them. 
They were happy to be together. Jesus was breaking bread. Because you know what happens when you break bread together? There's a lot of things that happens over a meal. How many of you guys love to eat? I love to eat. Man, when you sit down across the table for somebody and you're breaking bread with them and you're having a meal with that person, there's, you, you get into a relaxed stage to where you're able to begin to share what's on your heart. They broke bread together. They hung out together. They did meals together. They went to, to Zaxby's together. They went to Applebee's together. They went to Chick-fil-A more than they went to Popeye's. I'm just telling you. They broke bread together. They hung out with one another. And understand, that's what we want in our small groups. That's what we're looking for, is a time to, for, for a teaching, a time for fellowship, a time to break bread together. But lastly, and not, certainly not lastly, is they devoted themselves to prayer. They, they devoted themselves to prayer. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 3 says this. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am now in chains. That was Paul speaking to the church of Colossia there. Saying, guys, listen, pray for yourself, absolutely. But pray for me so that I can share the gospel with other people that I'm going to come in contact with. Why? Because prayer is important. It's so important in our lives. That's why the early church was successful. It's that they, they listened to the apostles' teaching. They had fellowship. They broke bread together and they prayed. Those are the four things, guys, is that we're wanting in our small groups. Because the reason why we're starting small groups is not just to start another ministry. Because we know and understand that you have family, you have friends that may not come to church right now, but they will come to your house. And our job is to help them to, to, to build relationships with them so that, that we can invite them to come to church so that they can find out who God is in their life. And it may happen in your home. It may happen at a restaurant. It may happen at the park. It may happen on the golf course. It may happen all that. We don't have to limit God to this place because God can move anywhere. But when the church devotes themselves to four things, what does the Bible say in verses 43 through 44? It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They, guys, they performed signs and wonders because they were all together. In other words, people were getting healed. People were getting set free. People were getting delivered. Things began to happen in the church. Why? Because they bought into those four things and they sought God for what God was wanting to do in their life. They, they, uh, these things began, wonders and, and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. Why were they together? Because they were constantly breaking bread and doing life. One of the greatest and most powerful things that God has called us to do is to, to help a person change their life. That's why we're kicking it off today. That's why we had a, today a, a day of celebration. Because this is a day of celebration because I believe in my spirit that God is, gonna, that God is about to do new things in our church. 
I believe that in my heart. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be telling you. I'm not just telling you to cheer you up. I'm just not telling you just so that you can get goosebumps on the back of your neck. I'm telling you because I believe that when we do those four things, that God will grow this church not only spiritually, but physically and emotionally. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to have everything right. But we're, but we're going to be the church that God's called us to be. So I want to encourage you to find your place, to find your ministry, to find your small group and get involved with. Because this semester, you may not be teaching a small group. But next semester, you may feel God leading you to teach a small group. Or God may be calling you to host it at your own home. I'd, listen, just allow God to do what God wants to in your life. And you will begin to see miracles and wonders in your own life. Because... When you come here on Sunday mornings, there's only so much relationship that you can build with somebody. Right? Because we come in, we get ready to worship. You guys are all facing me and I'm facing you. There's people sitting behind you that sometimes you don't talk to, that you don't communicate with. And I understand that. But in our small groups, that's where things happen. Because you get to know the person sitting beside you or the person sitting behind you because they're in your group. You get to find out who they are and what their likes and dislikes are, vice versa, in your life. Because you're building relationships and you're building fellowship with one another. Verse 45 says this, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. What amazes me about that, about that scripture there is this, the early church were, was more concerned with the love for Christ than their own concern. They were more concerned about helping others than for themselves. That they were willing to sell things and give the money or whatever they had to the person that was in need. Do you understand how that builds community? Do you understand how that builds somebody up? That you're willing to get rid of things so that we can help somebody who is in need. Because we've all been there. We've all been in need. We've had times in our life where we were, had a need in our life that somebody came through and somebody blessed us with something. But they, were, they had such an intense love for God that they were not worried about possessions. They were more worried about people being blessed and seeing their needs met. And then for, verses 46 through 47 says this, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes, and they ate together with glad, glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their, church, uh, to their number daily those who were being saved. He broke, Jesus broke bread with his disciples, and that's what he's asking from you and I in the local church is to do the same thing that he did. You see why? Here, here's the important thing is this. In our world today, one of the greatest things that we are facing is the facing the, the, the need of being independent. Right? We want to be independent. We don't, want, we don't want to have to need anybody. Your children, right? They don't want you to help them. Leave me alone, mommy. Leave me alone, daddy. I can do it by myself. Right? They're, we're independent. Listen, God has called us to be together. Because when you're independent, you can't depend on God because you're trying to do everything by yourself. God has called us to depend on Him. He is our provider. He is my, my, my healer. He has everything that I need of. And so for me in my life, I cannot be independent from God because I depend on Him to be able to be the person that He's called me to be. 
but we strive to be independent. We, we want to be independent. We want to be away from everything. We want to be our own people, but God hasn't called us to be our own people. He's called us to be together as a family in our life and in our church. We worship independence. It's opposite of what God's called us to be in our life. He wants us to be dependent on Him. God never created us to do this alone. He created us to do life together. Listen, when we alienate ourselves and we try to do this by ourselves, we become an easy target for the devil and for his schemes. To be a follower of Jesus is to to be dependent upon God and upon his people. And the last thing I want to share with you this morning is this. It's found in Hebrews chapter 10. Miss Karen, I want to ask you to come this morning if you would. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 says this. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encouraging one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. It says, let us motivate one another to acts of love and to good works or to good, or to good deeds, whatever it says there in your scripture. And it says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do we understand that we live closer to his return now than we did yesterday? And what God is calling for his local church is to be able to motivate people to acts of love and to good works. So the first thing that, thought, that I thought about that scripture is number one. Be a motivator. Be an encourager to someone. Help somebody out when they're, when they're down. Pray for someone. Come together and have fellowship with someone. Be a motivator. Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. This isn't something that God wants us to hold to ourselves, but it's intended to build community with other believers. It's like a coach before the team goes and takes the field. The coach gives them a motivating speech that fires them up to help them realize that whatever they're going to do, they can accomplish when everybody comes together. But he says, be a a motivator in acts of love and good works and good deeds. He's letting them know that he believes in them, but he's also getting them to understand that you got to believe in yourself. Guys, as a church, we're called to motivate one another. We're called to believe in one another. We're called to lift each other up in acts of love and good works. We're called to extend God's love to not only to the ones in this church, but the ones that are outside of this church. Building life together, building communion together, building fellowship together, that's what God has called us to do. And I want to encourage you this. If somebody's not here today, if somebody's not here today, we technology is so easy today, you don't even have to call them. Send them a text and say, hey, I miss you. I want you to know I'm praying for you today. I want you to know that you're in my heart, you're in my spirit. Why? Because we're all together in this same thing. Say, I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. Because you never know what happens when an encouraging word comes across that phone. 
Because you may be fighting something spiritually. You may be fighting something physically in your life. And you're like, God, what's going to happen next? What's going to go on next, God? And that, that little phone dings and, and you pick it up and it says, hey, I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. There's something in that moment that encourages you to know that somebody is standing with you. That somebody's motivating you to help you understand that you're not in this by yourself. And that's what Jesus did to his disciples. He motivated them for them to understand that they have a part in this thing called the early church. That he believed in them. But he was trying to get them to understand that you got to believe in yourself. We're not called to be individual players. We're all called to be on the team. There are times in our life where we need motivation. There are times in our life where we need a little stirring up. Can you say amen this morning? Something in your maybe something in your life has been settled. Maybe your relationship with God was not where it needs to be, and, and that whatever was there first in your life has fallen to the bottom. And what God's saying is this: to stir it up a little bit because it's still there. You just got to stir it up so it, it so it goes in every part of your life. It's like coffee creamer and coffee. Sometimes you got to stir it up to get it, you know, to get it all together. So that all tastes right. So it tastes good. And that's what God says. Stir it up. Motivate one another in our life. There are times, listen, there are times in our Christian walk where we fight discouragement. We get discouraged over things at work. We get discouraged over things at home. We get discouraged with God. We get discouraged with church. And so we need a little motivation. We need a little pick-me-up. We need a little word in our life. We need a little encouragement in our life to know that no matter where I am, that God understands what's going on in my life and that He cares. But there's other people that also care for me. There's also other people that care for me. That we all face discouragement. You don't have to fight alone. That there's others that are willing to fight with you. You see, one of the greatest opportunities that we have as Christians is to partake in the fellowship with other people. When we experience true Christian fellowship with one another, that is when we have a greater opportunity to motivate one another to love and to good works. You see, it's hard to motivate others or motivate yourself when you isolate yourself from other people. When you, don't, when you don't allow people into your life, it's hard for people to motivate you because you won't allow them in your life. Or it's hard for you to get motivated because you won't allow people to come into your life. God says motivate. Be a motivator. Be an encourager. Help people out when they're, when they're down. You see, God saved us so that we could be a blessing to others, not simply so that we can receive a blessing for ourselves. But He saved us to be a blessing. And the last thing is this. Verse 25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. The last thing is this. Come together on a Sunday morning with everybody. Join in fellowship. Come worship, with, come worship God with everybody because when things happen, when people come together, Man, there's, there's, there's something that begins to take place in our life that if we were by ourselves, that's not going to happen sometimes. One of the most important habits that you will ever develop in your life is coming to church. One of the most important habits that you will ever develop in your life is coming to church. 
You see, when we give up on meeting together in a corporate worship, it takes away from one another. It doesn't give us an opportunity to encourage one another or to pray for one another. And can I tell you this morning, it's an easy habit to fall into. It's an easy habit to fall into to where you miss one Sunday. And then the next Sunday comes and you miss that Sunday. And the next Sunday comes and something comes up that's important to you. And you're like, well, I have to do this. So you miss that Sunday. And before long, guys, I'm, listen, I, I hope you hear my heart because you're important here. And what happens, we keep missing and we keep missing and we keep missing. And we get out of the habit of going to church and we get out of the habit of meeting together with other people and, and, and worshiping with one another and building fellowship and building communion. It happens. Life happens. I understand it. Life happens. But what's the most important thing is your relationship with God. That's the most important thing. And if you have a love for Christ and you love Jesus with all of your heart, man, then church should be the first thing on our minds. It should be the first thing on our minds. We, shouldn't, we should not give up meeting together, but it's an easy habit to fall into. I read something this week that just blew me away, and it says this. Now, understand, this is average across the board. Okay, this is not for everybody. Across the board, the average Christian attends church once a month. Once a month. There's something wrong with that. That when we isolate ourselves from the church till we have more important things in our life than church. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I hope I'm not making you upset. I feel like this is what I'm so, supposed to preach this morning. Is that church is important. And you cannot listen. You cannot look years down the road when your kids are grown. And go look at your kids and say, why is church not important to you? You know why? Because it wasn't important to you. If it's not important to you, mom and dad, it's not going to be important to them. Because they need to see that we model it in our lives so that one day they will model it in, in their life. But, but it becomes a habit. And what I want to encourage you this morning is this. Don't develop a habit to where you miss church more than you attend church. Don't develop a habit where you miss church more than you attend church. Why? Because we're giving up meeting together. And when you meet together and when you come together for the same thing for, in one of mine, in one accord, God shows up and begins to do incredible things in our life. That's what the scripture says. It says that signs and wonders followed them meeting together. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. They built fellowship. They came together and they broke bread, but they also prayed together. And then the signs and wonders begin to happen. So there's something that you and I have to do as the church if we want to see signs and wonders in our life and in our family. And that is to develop our life around Jesus Christ, not other things. Sunday morning is a wonderful time to worship together and to come together and see what God has for our life. There's power in presence. There's power in being together. Build a community of believers around you so that you don't have to do life alone. Build people around you. Invite people into your life that's going to encourage you, that's going to build you up so that you don't have to do life by yourself. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 says it best. It says this, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other to succeed. 
If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people laying down together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. That three are even better than than two for a triple braided cord cannot easily be broken. When you come together with one another, when you build your life around community and allow people into your life, that when you go through struggles in your life, you, ha- you know and understand that there's somebody that's there for you. That you're building community. There's a strength that begins to happen. Why? Because you have fellowship with one another. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm longing for in, in, our, in our church is, is, is community and family, a time to come together and worship God and understand that God has a greater plan and desire for what we even see right now. Devote yourselves to, to the teaching of the word. Build fellowship with one another. Come together and break bread. But not only that, but pray. And when we do, you'll see signs and miracles and wonders begin to happen. And God will add to the church daily. Daily. Better together. Family. That I'm not, in the, I'm not in this by myself. So we have all these different life groups that are, or small groups that are going to begin to happen. And I, listen, I, listen to me. I understand you're going to say, I just, I don't have time. My life is so busy. My life is so slam-packed right now with things going on. I understand that. But some of these groups are meeting one time a month for one hour. We have that time. We need to make that time available. Why? So that we can build community among our church and other believers. So I want you to stand to your feet this morning as we get ready to close out in prayer. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning that may seem a little, a little strange. I want you to move together in, the, in this middle aisle right here. Just both sections just come together. Think about it this way. You're a link in the chain. When that link's all by itself, it can be easily broken. But when that link is linked to another link, which is linked to another link, to another one, you get the picture. That chain is much stronger than it was if it was by itself. So what I'm asking you to do right now is I want you to lock elbows with one another as if we're linking together as a family. That we are, guys, listen to me, that we're in this together. That no man is an island. That we're not out there by ourselves. That we're all going to have needs. We're all going to have issues. We're going to have problems in our life. But you know what? We're linked together as a family. And when we, when we are, man, God shows up against to do new incredible things in our life. Father, I love you today, and I thank you so much for family. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the opportunity, God, that, I have, that I've been given, God, to pour into these lives, to, to help motivate and to, to encourage and, and to do things in their life, God, and as vice versa in my own life. 
But God, we're in this together. We're family. We're, we're better together. God, you did not create us to do life alone, but you created us to do life together. And God, when we link arms with one another, when we come together with our, with our friends and with our family, God, God, when we come together and we devote ourselves to you first and foremost, and God, we begin to fellowship with one another. We begin to find out things about that person. And God, we're able to sit down and, and share a meal with somebody. And God, we're able to pray for that person. God, things begin to happen. Walls begin to fall down in our life that we've built up on our own because of certain past situations that we've allowed in our life. And God, what you're wanting is for that, that wall to be t- uh, taken down so that, Father, you can do what you need to in that life. God, all barriers begin to fall in our life so that we can be that person that you've called us to be. Fellowship, community, family. We're a team. And when we all work for the same thing, and we all work for the same goal, and we all have the same thing in mind, man, the church explodes and begins to do new things that it was never involved with before. And that's what we want to see here at this church, at Legacy Church. We want people to belong. We want people to believe. And God, we want people to become the person that you've called them to be. And that's for all of us in this room. So God, today is a new day. And I pray that you would lead us and you would guide us in our hearts and our lives to make the most important thing the most important thing. And that is our relationship with you. So Father, we love you and we thank you. Bless every home. Bless every person. God, just begin to do new things in their life. God, give us a hunger for you like we've never had before in our life. God, we love you and we thank you. We're excited about what you're going to do through these small groups, God, and what's going to happen in the community and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayer that's going to happen in these groups. And God, bless every group, bless every home, every home group that's hosting, every, home, every group that's, or every person that's leading, God. Bless them, anoint them, God. May they speak the word of, of God over that situation, over their life, and over that group. We love you and we thank you today in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.